0: If I walked up to you and said, how's your devotions? I know here's what you think in your head. Dan's asking me, how often do I read my Bible? How often do I pray? That's called our devotions. Interestingly, we miss the third part of what devotions are. They should be reading your Bible, praying and listening. But we don't talk about in church. I mean, he started with the passage that I'm going to finish with. John chapter 10. Jesus' words, my sheep, John 10:27. My sheep, listen to my voice. Well, if you're listening, you're not talking. But how long has it been since you just sat quietly and didn't talk? And you didn't have this in your hand? Because we do it all the time. I, I get on a plane to fly. First thing I do, pull my phone out. What's going on here? We bombard ourselves with information all the time. And I um, got to tell you that this is a discipline I didn't have in my life. I was a youth pastor at a youth group. Uh, the Lord started blessing that youth group. It started growing like crazy. And I was 30 years old. And I thought, I'm, just going, I'm, I'm a real honest preacher. I thought to myself, I'm really good at this. I'm a good pastor. People are coming to know the Lord. It's growing like crazy. I must really be good. And then someone handed me this book. Y'all see how thick it is? My wife sitting in back here, she's the reader in our family. You can give her books this thick and she'll take them and read them. I I just look at that and go, no thanks. I like little books. I like Dr. Seuss and I like this. (laughs) My kind of book. And this book right here, other than the greatest book ever written, the Bible, greatest book influence in my life, and I pray in your life. After that book, the next most influential book in my life, right? Called Guide Guides, written by this lady whose picture's coming up. Looks like your great 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 grandma. That lady wrote it, wrote this book, and this book is the story. Of how she listened to God and what God told her to do and how she obeyed it. And I'm 30 years old and she's 94 when I met her. Y'all get that? 30, 60, 94. And I'm a youth pastor and the youth group's going really good. And one lady in the church walked up to me one day and just handed this to me and said, Dan, you need to read this. Now, she was a little older. She probably could see my arrogance and she could see that I thought I was all that. And she wanted to just get me to try to listen to God. And so she handed me the book and I started reading it. And I want to tell you that um, the stories in the book were just ridiculous. I'm 30 years old reading this book going, God really talks to people like this? The first part of the book is about, it tells about where she was. She was a missionary in India. Like Mother Teresa, just didn't become famous. She worked with orphan children and she lived in a little grass hut. And a grass hut that didn't even have, as you will see in a minute when I read the story, no windows in it. It was just an open thatch house. And she just started listening to God. She talked about how God would speak to her and she would obey what he had to say. And so I went to her place where she lived. She was in a nursing home. And I remember going to the nursing home saying, is this where Mary Gee is? "Uh Uh-huh. What room is she in? May I visit her? Sure, Pastor, you may visit her. And so I, I went down the hallway and I saw the rooms. I said, "Mary Gee on the outside of the little thing." And and I I, I tapped on the door. I said, "Mary, yes, Mary, um, you don't know me, but can I come in and talk to you?" She said, "Sure." I went in. She was laying in the bed. She wasn't even sitting up. She's laying ninety four. And I walk into the room and I said, "Mary, um, someone gave me." This book, you wrote this, right? Yes, I did. And and she was very sharp mentally still. And I I said to her, did this stuff really? I mean, we had other conversation, but to get to the nuts and bolts, I said, did this really happen? Did these stories really happen? She goes, yeah. I want to give you an example of why I thought they were weird. She said, I, I determined to listen to God. I'm just going to read a little portion of one so you get what I'm saying. I determined to listen to God for all guidance in all matters of my life. And whatever he told me to do, I would obey. There were so many things I needed help with. Like one of them was I could not get along with a coworker. Any of y'all with me so far? Don't have to raise your hand because they might be in the service. <laughs> Dude up there is like, hey, Bob raised his hand. That's not right. Could not get along with a coworker. I felt critical of her. She had 10 children and I thought she was overwhelmed with the children and could not carry out her work with me. One morning early, I asked God to guide me on what I should do. And the thought came to my mind, take her an egg. An egg. She said, well, I knew that was God's thought. That sure wouldn't be in my head. And she said, a dozen eggs would maybe make sense, but one, that would be insulting. So I wrote it off. And I thought, I'm not going to do that. She said, I went to school that morning. I worked in my classes at the little mission school. And at noon, I ran home just for a few moments. And sitting in my armchair was a chicken. Y'all see why I'm reading this going, come on. It's like a comic strip. The hen sitting in my armchair flew down to where I would sit, started cackling, and laid an egg. Dear me, she said, I thought. This has never happened before and never happened since. I guess God wants me to take her an egg. She said, I thought to myself, but she's going to laugh at me. Who carries an egg to somebody? She said, but then I determined that results were not my business. My business was being obedient. So I took the egg to her house. Fortunately, her son was outside. I gave it to him and asked him if he would take it into his mom. And then I scampered away. (laughs) "This This is what I love. This is us. That evening, my co-worker came to me. And said, why did you bring me an egg? And she said, well, that's what God told me to do this morning. And I felt I should obey. My coworker said, I haven't had anything to eat the whole day. There wasn't enough food for me and all my children. You brought me that egg. I ate it. You will never know what that meant to me. Egg, egg. Yeah. See, see, when Pastor Brent and I are doing this message We talk about listening to God Y'all, y'all are like me You start thinking What big thing might he call me to do I bet I'm going to have to move a mountain I know what he's going to do He's going to call me to go buy a Mercedes Benz outfit And give away Mercedes It's like, no, no He might want you just to go home And give, give somebody an egg It seems so trivial, doesn't it? It's an egg. I'll go toss this in in the trash can when we're done. It's just an egg. It's, It's not about eggs, ladies and gentlemen. It's about who listens to God and obeys what he says. And so I said to her, Mary, seriously? You took the woman an egg? She's like, can you believe it, Dan? God used it. And I said to her, I don't know how to do that and she said do you want to learn and i said yes i do i'm 30 and she's 94 i want to pause right there and say something to some of you who are older we don't show you enough respect the malls don't build stores for you big lights is your store but they don't build malls for you (laughs) You seriously you go in jane and i talk about this we go in a mall every store is built for 17 year olds Because that's who spends money and they know it and that's who they target in their advertising. You haven't walked into a mall lady in Victoria's Secret, had a 90-year-old woman going, what's up? You haven't done that. You haven't done that. (laughs) I'm thankful, but you haven't done that. But the point is, the point is, 94-year-old people have a lot of wisdom we aren't touching in on. And I looked at her and I said, Mary, will you help me? Will you teach me? She said, Yeah. She said, I want you to pick, Dana, and I, where she said, You pick it in your day. And I want y'all to know do not, do not go, I'm going to try to do it like Dan. Do it like Pastor Brent. Nope, forget about us. This series is about you saying to yourself, How will I begin to seek a way to listen to God? As many people as in this room, he talks to us all different ways. He didn't talk to me the same way he talked to Mary. And she said, Dan, I want you to go and I want you to give him an hour of your week. You pick it whenever you want to do it. And I decided I was going to do it at five o'clock on Tuesday morning. I decided I would get up early. I would get myself ready and I would go to the sanctuary at the church where I was pastor at the time about this size. And I would go in that sanctuary and I would sit by myself for an hour. And she said, take a blank pad of paper and a pencil. Don't go and pray. Don't go and read your Bible. Have that done. Do it early if you need to. Get it out of the way. In other words, have your devotion time. What you call devotion is not out of the way, but do it first. And then sit blank, piece of paper, pencil. So I went and I sat in a sanctuary at 5 a.m. by myself. This I'm 56. It was about 25 years ago. And I want to tell you, 5 a.m. in a sanctuary by yourself, I'm going to tell you what it is, spooky. (laughs) It might be a house of God, but at 5 a.m. it is cracking and creaking. And you're looking around like, that was a weird noise. (laughs) Must have been a Holy Spirit moving around, but I didn't recognize it. (laughs) And I sat by myself with a blank sheet of paper and a pen, and I wrote down what I heard. And I want to tell you what I heard. That fan running. Hear it? I wrote down I hear a fan running. And then there was, you know, is it was one of those mornings, maybe it's a little windy outside, or whatever, you could hear a creak I hear the building creaking. And then a bird or something hit the wall. I hope that was a bird hit the wall. <laughs> Lord let that please be a bird. If not, get me out of here safe. You know, this ain't Halloween, is it? I mean it's just you don't hear God, you hear noise. Even in the silence, you hear noises, but not God. And I went back to her. That, I remember that first week, I walked back in. Mary, Dan, what would you hear? A uh, bird hit the wall, fan, and she went, that's normal. Do it again. I'm going to make a long story short. I did it for six months. If I had not had her as a mentor, I would have quit. Some of you will go, and that's what I'm telling you, find somebody you talk to about if you want to start this discipline because you'll have to have somebody that tells you, hang in there. An older gentleman, one of the greeters here, caught me after preaching this first service and just said, um, Dan, do you, you still ever have times where you go by yourself and you hear nothing? I said, all the time. He said, oh, good, me too. It's normal. Six months, nothing. I go back to her. Dan, what would you hear? Nothing. Keep doing it. So about six months in, I can't remember exactly. Been doing it a long time. Every Tuesday morning, the Lord laid on my heart very clearly. um, Dan, you're holding jealousy in your heart toward another preacher you you you're envious of his job you want to be like him you think he's got a position that you would be better at you cocky little 30 year old he didn't say that but that's what i realize now i was a cocky 30 year old and and the lord just showed me you need to you need to tell him that you're sorry lord that that will be very embarrassing correct but you got to get jealousy out of your heart so i went back to mary that week I said to her, um, she what would you hear, Dan? And I said, well, I, I felt like the Lord showed me somebody I need to go apologize to. And all she did was, why are you smiling? She said, this is how it starts. Get ready. God's about to clean your life up. Shoot. I signed up for the egg stuff. I don't want none of this. <laughs> but the bottom line is, the Lord for the next good while showed me people I need to apologize to people I would offended, people I'd hurt because I got a sharp tongue used to way more than now don't ask Jane love you honey sorry for all the things I say but you know I got a lot of stuff in me that ain't righteous I got a lot of stuff in me that ain't holy I I can go ahead and tell you like today Jane I get in the car I got to drive six hours to preach tonight a little after six o'clock in South Carolina if a car gets in my way I got to pray, Jesus, help me, because I ain't holy when I drive. <laughs> I'm Jeff Gordon when I drive. And Jane is over there going, please slow down. Please stop. And I'm like, honey, just hang on for the ride. It's fun. <laughs> that, what I'm trying to say is I got a lot of things I need to grow in and do better. And listening to God begin to clean me up. And he began to show me stuff. And I, I want you all to know I've been doing this for 25 years. I had a listening time this morning. I actually logged it on my phone. Really cool stuff. The Lord just, it, it, usually for me, it's not God saying stuff. And you say, what does it sound like, Dan? Uh, peaceful. I've never heard an audible. I've never heard a, yo, Dan. I've never heard that. I've never had a bird like drop in on me. I've never looked over my shoulder and said, Hi, little turtle dove. I've never had that. <laughs> I usually just have a peace in my spirit about something that I know I can't control. And then there are times where the Lord showed me what I need to do in ministry. And he will show you what you need to do with a coworker. And, and let me tell you how you'll know you're beginning to hear the voice of the Lord. I, I, I want to just give you four little thoughts on how you know when you hear God's voice. The first one is coming up on the screen. Four very simple things. It puts God's agenda first. It won't be about you. If you really hear and feel God speaking to you, it will not be about you. Let me give you a warning sign when people come up to me and say they hear the voice of God. Because I, as pastors, Brett and I have people who come up to tell us what God has told them to tell us. And you gotta know, I understand that. That's awesome. I'm not trying to offend anyone. But usually if someone walks up to me and says, God told me to tell you, you gotta know, my first thought is red flag. And the reason is because I have found in my own life, when God speaks to me, I, I just more want to kneel and go, oh, God, thank thank you. I, I don't go out and go, hey, everybody, guess what God told me today? God told me, almost like cocky little Christian. God's looking for humility. If it brings glory to me, I don't think it's God. I had a lady um, after I'd preached one Sunday. You know, I'll, I'll leave here. I won't get to see you today. I'm sorry. I won't get to greet you when I'm done. I've done that the other services, though. And I rounded the corner. Not here. I was at another church. I rounded the corner, and a lady uh, just was right there coming on, on my side. In fact, I thought it was my side. And so I rounded the corner, and, and she bumped into me, and she went, oh, like, oh. And I went, hi, good morning. And she said, oh, oh. And I said, what's wrong? She said, God, God showed me you're going to be dying soon. I was like, well, good morning. (laughs) Yeah. I I don't even know what to say to that. I I don't even know how to respond to that. Like, oh, bless you, thank you. Can you ask him how? Yeah, I mean, (laughs) can you be wise in what you do? I had a gentleman come up to me after I'd preached his service, and and he said to me, Dan, uh, I need to tell you something. I said, okay. He said, um, I know you do a lot of marriage and family stuff. I said, yeah. He's like, well, I I just, God spoke really clear to me and told me what to do. And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, he he said this out loud to me to hear. He said, God told me um, that I can leave my wife. I've found a woman who is prettier than my wife and she's interested in me. And God told me divorce my wife and marry her. And I'm very calm. I always let people speak, do whatever they got to do. And then I went, idiot, you're an idiot. You ain't hearing from God, man. You just cause you want to chase the younger, hotter looking skirt's all that's about. It's just, it's foolishness. I mean, don't, don't say that kind of stuff. God must be in heaven going, did I even create him? I mean, it's like, come on. <laughs> it won't be about you. Every time God speaks to me, It pushes me lower and him higher. Did y'all hear that? It pushes you lower and him higher. And it's one of the reasons we don't want to listen to him. Because we got to give up more self. The exact opposite of God is self. Because God is not selfish. It will put God's agenda first. And number two. Run your thoughts past a godly mentor. If you feel like you're beginning to hear from the Lord, I had Mary to talk to back when I first learned this. Now I have a guy, his name is Jack, and I will run it by Jane, my wife. I'll say to her, baby, this is something I felt like the Lord laid on my heart. And I'll just share this with you. I haven't even said this in any other service, but it comes to my mind. Every now and then, I don't know why, it started in Australia. I was speaking in Australia, and the Lord woke me up at 3.30 in the morning. 3.30 is my time. Jane knows this. It, it's been a while since we've had our issue with our daughter, Anna. It's been a long time since the Lord woke me up at 3.30. I woke up the other morning. I've been listening to the Lord for 25 years. I woke up. I was laying toward Jane in the bed. The clock's behind me. I woke up with a start. I woke up going, oh, my goodness. I woke straight up. And I said, oh, Lord, I think it must be 3.30 and you want to speak to me. And I rolled over. And I'm, I mean, I, I even, it, it was th- not 3.21. It was 3.30. I just got out of bed. Because God picked 3.30 for me. I don't know why. I've had other people tell me they have a different time. 3.30 is my time. When he gets me up at 3.30, I got to tell you, I get out of bed going, Oh, Lord, or Lord, are you sure? Give it to Pastor Brent. I don't want to do what you're about to ask me to do. Because <laughs> it's always something that's not about me, and it's something else I got to do that's way bigger than I can handle. And you, you say, I know. I know. You listen to Brent preach. You listen to me preach. And you go, well, you guys are preachers. And Brent said this last... You guys are... You're supposed to hear that stuff. No. This started... Because I started obeying and listening and hearing nothing for years. And I I told Pastor Brent, we were sitting up in his office before first service. tonight. I said to him, Brent, probably 2% of the congregation, 2% might go and actually do this. Because it's not easy to do. And, and I, I'd like to see Pathways be a church where more than that. You guys, come on. I'm, I'm just telling you, dying to self, giving in, listening to God is not easy, but it's awesome. And it's not about you. Run it by when the Lord shows something to you. I'll run it by Jane. I'll run it by Jack. And I'll say to them, guys, I feel like this is what the, Lord, the Lord's laying on my heart. Does it sound foolish? Do I seem like I'm in tune with God? And they'll either say yes or no. And I listen to them. And then third, don't put a time frame on it. We are so good at this, man. We say, hey, God, listen. I need to know who to vote for, and obviously I need to know by Tuesday. And God, God says, well, you, you got to understand I don't work on a time frame. Let me, let me tell you what I mean by that. I, uh, y'all, y'all have been with me so much, me and my wife, Jane, uh, through our, our struggle with our daughter, Anna. Thank you so much for, for praying for her. She continues to grow in the Lord. She's improving. She's coming. The Lord's doing some awesome stuff in her life. But that was five years ago it started. And I remember five years ago on a Tuesday, she left home in a little white Jetta with probably a hundred bucks. And the car smelled like marijuana, so strong, I could hardly believe it. And she drove away from us. And I sat there in that parking lot. And still, I could almost go and put an X in the parking lot where I was sitting. Jane was standing there and we cried and hugged each other as she drove away, not knowing what was going to happen. We knew she was driving to South Carolina, and that's about it. We're standing in a parking lot in Michigan, and I don't know what to do. So that night, I go to my listening to God little seat I sit in sometime late at night, and I said, Lord, can you speak to me? Well, you got to know the next Sunday, I was preaching at a church called Res Life. It's Tuesday night. I preach at a church starting on Saturday night, like you have a Saturday night service too, Saturday and Sunday. I'm preaching at a church called Res Life. And in my listening time, and I wrote it down in my little journal, the Lord's Spirit very clearly has laid on my heart, gave me peace. Dan, you can't control it. You don't know what's going on with Anna. I'll cover her with my grace. You just got to trust me. And, and then she will come home before you preach at Res Life. I preach at Res Life on Saturday. It's Tuesday. And in my mind, I'm thinking, hot dog. I can handle four days of waywardness. Because I got my mind that Anna's going to be home by Saturday night because the Lord spoke into my spirit. She'll come home before you preach at Res Life. Saturday came. I'm driving to Res Life. I don't even know where Anna is. Jane may have texted her that week some, but there was no contact with me. The old phone is dead. And I'm driving to Res Life, and here's what I'm hearing Satan beat the crap out of me with. Well, I guess you don't really know how to listen to God, do you? You thought she'd be home by this weekend. Well, guess what? She ain't. It's hard to go preach when you feel like you can't even hear from the Lord, or maybe you've been making it up in your head. Because you, you, if you try to listen to the Lord, you're going to feel like, man, I don't get it all. That's right. If you're, if, if, I stand here and tell you, I still don't think I know exactly how to do it all the time, but I'm trying. Here's what's funny. Anna didn't come home. I preached on that Sunday. I was heartbroken. Anna was gone for um, five years. Really out of our home, away from us, away from connected with us. Five years. She came back last year. She came back, I want to say, Wednesday. I don't know, Wednesday or Thursday. I can't remember. Here's what you need to know. Um, I was scheduled to preach at that Res Life that Sunday. Again, five years later. I, I'm not even thinking about all that. Okay. I'm, you guys need to know. I, I'm driving to church on a Saturday night. Anna's come back home. A- Anna's in the house. We're doing much better. I'm driving because I got to preach at Res Life. And the Lord reminded me. I told you. She'd come home before you preach at Res Life. You didn't tell me it'd be five years. <laughs> I thought you meant like the same week. Right. Because you put a time frame on it. Dan thousand, I I have no time. A thousand years is one day. One day is a thousand years. That's not fair. I need you to work on my schedule. And God's like, no, no, it ain't about you. When you find yourself seeking God, don't try to tell him what what he's telling you means. Let him show you. And then fourth, obedience is the key. Will you obey if God speaks? The dear lady we talked about today, Mary Gee, um, she was told, go give an egg. You saw how she fought it because it sometimes just feels foolish. (laughs) um, Last year, I uh, was driving up to hunt about this time of year. Uh, November fifteenth is the opening day of gun season in Michigan, and I go hunt with my friends do deer hunting. And I was driving up to go do that, and there's a Kmart on the way. And I stopped at Kmart on Highway thirty one going to Northern Michigan. I stopped at Kmart, walked in to get my beef jerky and my nuts and my pop, what I want to have with me in the deer blind, my little snacks. I got them all, paid for them, went out to my car, jumped in my car, starting to drive further now where I'm going to go hunting on some property. And there was a dude sitting outside Kmart against the wall, just sitting by himself, eating his food. And I felt like the Lord said, give him five bucks. Now, you got to know, there are times when I pass those homeless people, have the sign out, don't have food, etc. And I struggle going, Lord, I don't know if this is your voice or just I feel like guilty. I So, so you know, I never know exactly how to handle that, just so you know. And so... I felt like the Lord said, give the guy five bucks. And I I debated with the Lord. I did the egg thing. I was like, Lord, he's already eaten. I mean, I'd be fine to buy him a meal or something. But he's obviously not homeless and he's got food. He doesn't need five bucks. He's, Lord, he's fine. I look stupid if I hand five bucks out the window. And so I drove away. I got on the highway. I'm going north. Quickly. I'm five miles up the road my heart starts pounding in my chest give him five bucks Lord I'm already five miles up the road and you know the deer are waiting I gotta go <laughs> go back and give him five bucks but the gas Lord is five dollars worth of gas <laughs> go give him five stinking bucks so I drove back against my own will. oh that goes back to point number one not about me I drove back <laughs> I roll in the parking lot. There he sits, still eating against that wall. And I'm, I'm still debating, going, this is going to feel stupid. Give him five bucks. So I drove over to him, rolled my window down, and a $5 bill in my hand. And I said, hey, dude. He said, yeah. I said, I'm supposed to give you five bucks. And he said, cool. I said, uh, here. He goes, stood up, and he took it. He said, thanks. I said, no problem." Said, in my mind, I'm going, next, he's going to ask me to lead him to Jesus next, or he's going to want a Bible. Nope. He said, Cool, man. Thanks for the five bucks. I said, No problem. Chat with you later. You too. Drove away. No other interaction. I'm driving up 31 again. I'm back about in the same spot I was already to. And I said to the Lord, Why do I need to do that? A still small voice spoke into my spirit and said, Dan. I'm about to ask you to do something really big, but I needed to see if you could do the little thing first. I was like, I still get chills, guys. Because the thing was, he was asking me and Jane to call our city to revival. That's where 600 people came to know their life. About a year later, when I rented out this big arena, and we called our city to Jesus, and we preached the gospel of Jesus for five nights in a row, and it started because I gave that guy five bucks. And today, I want to say to you, it might start with something small, like a pencil, like an egg, like a brush, like a Chick-fil-A sandwich. You can bring me one of those. (laughs) I don't know. The key is, will you obey? Even if you look foolish. Pastor Brent, I've I've asked him to come out and, and close this down. I'm going to give him a hug because I'm about to go get my car even right now and drive away. So Forgive me a second. I'm going to hug my friend. Bye. But we have preached this series because we trust that the Lord will call some of you to a new discipline. Reading your Bible, praying, and listening to God. Our prayer is that something we've said um, will touch your heart. God will use it. And uh, I thank you for allowing me to come today and share this message with you.